Um, so this is, it's really funny. When I first met Brandy, my wife, um, she, she went to a church of where at that time it was like only hymns, like we only sing hymns at this church. And when I, and when Brandy met me, she's like, I don't really get you. Why do you go to a church where they do one song for 45 minutes? <laughs> and we just had the, it was like this total clash of worlds that we came into. Um, but my wife has opened up the beauty of hymns to me. And there's a couple of them that sometimes I read these lyrics and I'm like, dear Lord, we need more people to, we need, we need to bring back talking this way and just making this more normal. And I know that we are, but it's like, it's like words like this are, I just, I want these to just hit you. This is um, a song that's been on my heart for a while now, for, for probably like off and on for about a month. Um, but as watching all of us praying tonight, as the team was ministering to the Lord, this is the song that was on my heart of just, and not, not so much the song, but the words. I'm sorry, I'm not doing a good job explaining it. Not the song, the words of the song. Um, they say, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share is we tarry there. None other has ever known. Link this to what, um, link this to what, uh, Liz was sharing about that, about that song at the beginning or as we were ending. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I stayed in the garden with him, though the night all around me is falling, but he bids me go through the voice of woe. His voice to me is calling, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Yeah, so Lord, we just, Jesus, just thank you. Thank you for encounters in your presence. Thank you for your extreme, extreme generosity of your, of your presence, of your spirit. Thank you for um, having a patience and a kindness that there is, there's no song, there's no vocabulary, there's nothing that we could that we could put to it that would actually do it justice. Lord, thank you that we can't define you. Thank you that we can't contain you. Think about how crazy it is that we, we cannot contain God. Scripture even says that, that heaven is his throne, earth is his footstool. Not even the highest of heavens can contain God. And you know what's funny is oftentimes we think, oh, well, God is in heaven. God is in heaven. Well, scripture actually says that heaven and earth will pass away. So it'd be more appropriate to say that God isn't in heaven. Heaven is in God. And so, and think about the fact that with, with that being true, 
God decides to live in you. God decides to live in you. Really, like meditate on that and let that dive deep into you. The heavens, the heavens cannot contain him. Heaven is his throne, earth is his footstool. Heaven exists inside of God. God cannot be contained by anything, but he chooses to tabernacle, tabernacle abide fully within you, in, inside of you. I don't even, I don't even have like my, my mind, my brain can't even wrap itself around something that crazy, that, that outrageous. That, that alone is worth a million lifetimes to say thank you to him and to praise him, to just encounter that one single individual truth over and over and over and over and over again. Psalms would say to, uh, to say love, uh, to, to turn it over, to chew on it over and over again, to meditate, to contemplate over and over again. Lord, we thank you for that truth. We thank you for the reality of your finished work, for the reality of your, for the reality of your presence. Lord, we thank you for John chapter four. We thank you for your word as we're getting ready to dive into it. We thank you that you would give us wisdom and revelation to receive from your word, to understand by your spirit, that you would breathe through every letter that comes together to form every word, that comes together to form every sentence written on purpose for a purpose. We thank you for that right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shauna, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Amazing. Amen. Guys, if you have your Bibles, will you take out your Bibles with me? We're gonna turn to John chapter four. And I just wanna say it's about eight, it's 8.40 right now. Um, this, this chapter is way too good. I don't, I don't wanna speed read it and I don't wanna cram through it just to be able to say that we've gotten through it because um, it, it's a longer chapter. It's, it's 54 verses. Um, and we're, we're definitely not gonna cover 54 verses in the time that we have, but I, I really, really felt that what we were doing there was what the Lord wanted us to do in that time. And I, I didn't really just wanna like bulldoze into it, Bull, bulldoze past it because we have a, a more um, scripture heavy, a verse heavy section of scripture this evening. Um, and so we're only gonna get through half of this. So um, we'll, we'll just do a John four part one and part two, I guess, in uh, b between tonight. And then we actually, we're, we're not gonna have service next week because um, it will be Thanksgiving. And uh, speaking, yes, and, I, and I, will, I will be having a baby. Well, I won't be having a baby. My wife will be having a baby, but I just fall into the, uh, to the category of just saying, hey, we, we are pregnant, my wife, which she really doesn't appreciate when I say that because she's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the one doing all the work, which she is, she's, she's a hero. Um, and a couple, since we're mentioning that, a couple of things. Um, Monday, this coming Monday, if you go on our, our Facebook and our Instagram page, there's a graphic that has been made for, for 420 Friendsgiving, open, open to everyone. Um, or you can go to our website, 420ministries.net slash uh, Thanksgiving. You can sign up 
directly on our website, or you can just go to Facebook and Instagram. The link is there. You can click, click on that and sign up that way, but all are welcome to that. So bring, bring family, bring your friends, bring yourself. Um, the address is there. Um, we would love to have you at that. And then also no service next week because it is, because it is Thanksgiving. Um, okay, John chapter four. If you don't have your Bibles open, open them up with me as we dive in here. The news quickly reached the Jewish religious leaders, known as the Pharisees, that Jesus was drawing greater crowds of followers coming to be baptized than John was. Although Jesus himself didn't baptize, but only his disciples. Jesus heard what was being said and abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee and he had, and he had to pass through Samaria. Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well and sent his disciples into the village to buy food for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. She replied, why would a Jewish man Ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. Let's pause right there. We're, we're uh, right at the end of 10 before going into 11. So let's just pause right there. A couple of things that I love about this story. Um, and I'm sure many of you, if you have been born and raised in church, um, you've, you've read John chapter four a lot, but I really wanna challenge us that if the word of God, and not if in the sense of unbelief, but if as in the sense of presenting you with this information, if the word of God is living and active, which it is, we, I, I want to be able to get to a point of where I read John three sixteen every day for the rest of my life, and it still moves me and breaks me every single time. Because we can read the same portion of scripture over and over again, and it's living and active. The knife is still sharp. The blade is still sharp of the word of God. And I truly believe that we can read it over and over again and encounter something fresh and encounter something new every single time. I love this section of scripture. I absolutely love it for a couple of reasons. One, um, we have a really practical introduction to um, the gift of the spirit of the word of knowledge. And a lot of times, we oftentimes will say that prophecy, words of knowledge, that um, we, in a religious standpoint, will use passage, passages like John chapter four to say, the gifts of the spirit are used to reveal and shame people in their sins, to call out the bad things that they're doing and to say, oh, you're doing this, you're living this way. And we, we essentially use the gifts of the spirit. By the way, if it's called the gift of the spirit, it probably shouldn't be harmful in any way. I don't remember the last time a gift being harmful. But what I love about this is that it shows us, one, a healthy introduction in, in a New Testament context 
of a word of knowledge being used to edify and call a woman, not calling her out in her sin, but calling her out from her sin into her value, into her identity, and then into her purpose in, in that order. And so I love the correction of the belief system that the word of God brings to words of knowledge, the gift of prophecy in this specific section of scripture. And then what I also love is how unbelievably on time Jesus is in, in the midst of the whole thing. Like think about this, that when at the beginning of the chapter, when he says, when the verse says that wearied by his long journey, Jesus's journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well and sent his disciples into the village to buy food for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. I honestly wonder if one minute, one minute earlier, one minute later, if Jesus was not there at that time, immediately at the right place, would he have missed this woman entirely? Because as we're going to read, this woman had a schedule as to why she came out to get her water in the timing that she did. It sounds like, like this isn't just a random day, oh, like I was late dropping the kids off at school. There was a distinct reason as to why she was functioning in this way and why she was getting this water in this way. It was, it was a practiced part of her routine. And what this reveals to me is that the intentionality of Jesus to show up at the exact moment that this woman needed an encounter from the Lord and his ability to be unbelievably challenging and correcting, but also inviting in that moment. I just, I, I, I love the, the, the humanity that is in this of Jesus, of him saying, hey, give, give me a drink. Him modeling his weakness, him modeling his humanity. There's so many amazing things in it. Beginning in verse 10 again, she replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. And look at his willingness, look at his willingness to just say, the reason why I want us to pray the way that we just prayed for a fresh baptism and for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit is I truly believe that Jesus is, and this is this, and, and, I'm, and my disclaimer on this is I'm learning to think this way and I'm learning to renew my mind in these ways to, to deeper and higher levels of the goodness of God that Jesus is more willing to offer and extend things to us than we are willing to even ask for them. He is more willing to extend grace, he's more willing to extend mercy, and he is more willing to be outrageously kind than what I truly believe we are even willing to place a demand on him for. This isn't, now, now this part is not scripture, this is just me and my own opinion, so you can agree or disagree with this, this is just my own, my own personal thought. How much of a bummer would it be to get to heaven one day and you're hanging out with Jesus and as you're sitting there with him, he just looks over at you and says, man, I'm, I'm really surprised that in your, in your heavenly bank account, um, you, just, you, you didn't go for it more. And I, I would imagine myself looking over at Jesus being, what do you, what do you mean? Like, I, I just, I didn't go for it more. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm here, I'm sitting with you. Like, like clearly, like, like the goal was accomplished. The race was ran, like the goal was met. And I would imagine him looking over at me just saying, no, the, the richness and the glory that I had available to you 
When I said I was going to take you from glory to glory, I meant it. The opportunities that, and the risks that you could have taken, the ways that I could have moved in your life, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just surprised that if, if almost imagine that you had like a, a million dollars in, 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 heaven, in heaven dollars, and in this lifetime, you only spent like a thousand, two 